Welcome to the audio podcast for Beit Abba, the Messianic Jewish ministry at the Father's House. We exist to proclaim the gospel to the Jewish people and to connect Christians to Israel and the Jewish roots of our faith. I want to speak to you tonight about speaking to the mountain. Anybody got a mountain in their life that needs to be spoken to, something that needs to come down, something that needs to change? So we're, we're in a major transitional season right now. One of the... Um, one of the significant things about this season, of course, is that we're entering into the fall feasts. And it's important to know the times and the seasons because when we get in sync with what God is doing through his word and through his, uh, his buzz around the world, it's important because we can actually glean from the Hebrew scriptures and from the Hebrew calendar things that will inform our life. That's why we pay attention to, as Catherine said, we pay attention to the Hebrew calendar for those reasons. So I just want to start with Ecclesiastes 3. To everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven, a time to keep silence and a time to speak. Remember that phrase, a time to speak. We want to be like the sons of Issachar. You know, Jacob had 12 sons, and one of them was Issachar. They formed the tribes of Israel, and through them, different purposes and different connections with the calendar, with the seasons, with the future, with what becomes the church, are unfolding. And the sons of Issachar, it says in 1 Chronicles 12, the sons of Issachar had understanding of the times, and they knew what Israel ought to do. Do you want to have understanding of the times in which we live? Here's a hint. If you want to look at the headlines, which I heartily don't recommend, but if you have to look at the headlines, you have to view them through the lens of Scripture. Because the only way to make sense of what's going on in this crazy world right now is what the Bible says about salvation, about redemption, about the restoration of Israel, about the coming of the Lord. That's the only way to see what we're seeing. Everything that is in the Bible is coming true in our day. And so that's the way to understand the times as the... Sons of Iskar did. Now we're in this 40-day period right now from the middle of summer leading up to the fall feasts called the, the season of Teshuvah. Say Teshuvah. Teshuvah. That means to repent, to return, to come back to. And so it's a season of, of introspection and looking at yourself and asking God, is there anything in me that needs to change? What is that? Or if there's so many things, please pick the top ten <laughs> that need to change, ways that I need to be more like you and closer to you. And one of my favorite things about this particular month that we're in, it's the month of Elul. Say Elul. Elul is a cool month because it is an acronym. Aleph, Lamed, Yud, Lamed. It's an acronym for Ani, Lidodi, Vidodi, Li. Say that. Some of you can say that. Ani, Lidodi, Vidodi, Li. It means I am my beloved's. My beloved is mine. So it's actually a bridal call, the call to return, the call to repent, the call to come out to the field, the call to keep the fall feasts is a bridal call. The king is in the field. He's in the harvest field at the end of the age, picture from Isaac and Rebekah. And he's waiting for Rebekah. He's waiting for you. He's waiting for the bride to meet him in the field. And so this call to repent, to return, to get ready for the day of atonement, that's all about a bridal call. It's a heart thing, not a head thing. Jeremiah said it this way, I will give them a heart to know me, for I am the Lord, and they will be my people, and I will be their God, for they will return to me with their whole heart. 
And God, God is moving around the world in tremendous ways. And we're seeing salvation and increase. You know, there's a symmetry between the restoration of Israel and the process of that and worldwide harvest. They're connected. I have a whole teaching on that. Maybe we should do that sometime. But the idea here is that as God blesses the Jewish people, he blesses the church. That's why it's incumbent upon the church to bless Israel. Because we have a shared destiny that's unfolding in our time. So we're coming up to the fall feasts. There are three major fall feasts. It's part of the seven feasts of the Lord that are laid out in Leviticus 23. And the fall feasts have to do with things that have not yet been fulfilled prophetically. See, the first four feasts, Passover, Unleavened Bread, First Fruits, and Shavuot, or Pentecost, have been fulfilled by Jesus, including at Pentecost, the birth of the church as we know it. The church, the early church, right? Those have been fulfilled in history, in real time, by Jesus. And now we're in this period of waiting and watching as we're looking to hear the shofar sound that brings signals the return of the Lord. We don't know how long it's going to be, but we do know that we're between, prophetically, we are between Shavuot and Rosh Hashanah. We're between uh, Pentecost and the, uh, new, the new year, the civil new year. The day of blowing, it's actually not called the new year. In, in colloquial Judaism, it's considered a civil new year. The spiritual new year starts at Passover, but it's considered a civil new year. But really in the scripture, that's not in there. It says a day of blowing. It's a day of hearing the sound of the Lord. It's a day of speaking with that shofar about things to come. And it says like this in Leviticus, Speak to the children of Israel, saying in the seventh month, on the first day of the month, you shall have a Sabbath, a memorial of blowing of shofars, a holy convocation. You shall do no customary work, and you shall offer an offering made by fire to the Lord. One thing about growing up in New York City, where there's such a high population of Jewish people, got a lot of days off from school. My Catholic friends were grateful, you know. Another day, another holiday, another holiday, another holiday. Yeah, this is great. And so that, that Rosh Hashanah, that head of the year, that day of blowing, is a, is a time of calling us to the 10 days leading up to the Day of Atonement. But it's also for us, it's a signal to be watching, watching and listening for the shofar to come. Because Jesus is coming. Yes. Don't know when, but I know he's coming. Sometimes my wife can be late for things. And I'll tell people, my wife is so much like the Lord. We know he's coming, we just don't know when. I won't tell you the things that she could say about me. Thank you. <laughs> I love you too. So that Rosh Hashanah signals... Uh, the, the leading up to, this is 10 days of, again, of introspection and looking to ask God to get us ready for the day of atonement, right? In Leviticus 16, 29, 30, it says, For on that day, the day of atonement, the priest shall make atonement for you to cleanse you, that you may be clean from all your sins before the Lord. It's a solemn assembly for repentance and for forgiveness. It's a time to make amends. It's a time to make amends with the Lord and with other people. It's a time to get a clean slate, so that you can move into the next year. Now, the irony for me regarding my people is that there is one way to have forgiveness forever. And my heart's desire is that my people should be saved. 
So we go through this every year, and it has meaning for us in terms of seeing how God is informing, how Yeshua is informing the scriptures. But our prayer is that they, my people, that the Jewish people will recognize Jesus. And so every time there's a holiday, Catherine and I pray for the opening of the eyes. May their eyes be opened. May my people's eyes be opened. And my Arab cousins and my Muslim friends. Because he's the only peace plan. I mean, I appreciate the nations, even America, working on peace plans. But there is one peace plan. His name is Jesus. And so we, we watch things unfold knowing that that is the essence, the inner essence of peace in the Middle East, is a changed heart based on Jesus. And then finally, five days later, is the Feast of Tabernacles, or Sukkot. Say Sukkot. It means booths. It has to do with looking back to the time in the wilderness when we dwelt in booths. It speaks about the fragility of life, the temporary nature of our existence. Those of us who are over 40, (laughs) we understand that. Like Life is short. Eternity is real. People matter most. You know, things are rapidly moving towards the the end of some of our lives. We're putting it off as long as possible. I personally will be living until I'm 99. You know? 33 years in the world, 33 so far with the 38, 30, anyway, with the Lord, and, uh, and then 33 more after that. And so, so we, we, we have this sense of the temporary nature of life, but prophetically, Tabernacle speaks about Emmanuel, God with us, the one who put on flesh, the living word, who is returning to dwell with us for a thousand years on earth and then take us to a new heaven and new earth. That is good news, folks. Yay? Yay? (laughs) So the other transition that we're in right now that is so fascinating is that we're ending a decade of years in the Hebrew calendar, and we're also coming up to, in the Gregorian Roman calendar, we're coming up to 2020, right? A new decade starting. But in the Hebrew calendar, the Hebrew language, the Hebrew numerology, the Hebrew words and letters all have meanings. They all have poetic and mystical and spiritual meanings for us that can inform the way we move forward. So we're coming out of the year 5779. Say that, 5779. See, we got the jump on you. The the Hebrews have been counting years and count the years almost to 6,000 years so far. Interesting for you. uh, Anyway, interesting. Uh, Creationists see me after. But I do believe that this calendar is relevant. You know, short earth, young earth stuff. Um, So 5779 is the end of a decade of 70 to 79. 70 to 79, 70 in Hebrew is it a significant word? Now, this last year has been a time of, of new things. Nine being fruit of the Spirit, gifts of the Spirit. Nine being pregnancy and, and wombness. Nine being new life. So, so we've seen some new wineskins this year. Anybody started a small group or shifted churches or find themselves in a new community or finding the, the way, nature of their work changing or geographical change taking place or those kinds of things. That's the new wineskin that God has bl- built for you. Yes. Time to enter into that. Yes. A new wineskin. And, and that is this end of this year, the end of this cycle has been about new wineskins. It's been new warfare, new wineskins, and new life. Amen. Right? Yes. Amen. Interestingly, speaking of new life, 
I don't know if you can see that. That is Jonathan Weiss, Rebecca Lamb Weiss, and Asher Samuel Weiss, born on Wednesday. He is uh, 8 pounds, 14 ounces, 21 inches long, and uh, we are blessed beyond measure for this new life. There he is, the little guy. He's a burrito. And then that one's a little stretchy, but there he is. And yeah, pretty exciting, pretty cool. You know, speaking of God having a plan for your life, I did not expect to live past 30 years old based on the lifestyle I was living. So here I am at years old having a grandson. So I don't know what you thought about what you are doing and what God is doing with you. And I don't know how you speak to yourself about those things. But I'm telling you that this season is a season for change. And the change has to do with how we speak things into existence, how we speak about the future, about our lives, about our families, about our friends and neighbors, how we speak about America, how we speak about Israel, how we speak about the nations, how we speak about the work of the Lord as the kingdom comes, as we get nearer to the return of the Lord. Now, this 5779 is part of the 70 decades. 70 is the Hebrew equivalent for the word I. And I don't know about you, but for me, it's been, a, it's been a season of seeing things that the Lord is doing, seeing things that are going on that's different, that's new, that's deeper, that's more revelatory. It's been that kind of a season. You know, I'm, I'm so excited about this small work we do here, this prototypical work of Beit Abba. I'm telling you that we're going to see within months some changes that are going to be extensive that have to do with a, a nationwide call to have Beit Abbas and ministries like this, Jewish ministries, Jews and Gentiles seeking God together. The God is awakening. He's showing the church. He's begun it long ago, but now it's coming to fruition, and we're going to see some things that are brand new regarding how churches pick up the call that's been on us here and on Catherine and me for 25 years. You know, it's, it's going to be explosive, and it's important why, I'll show you why in a moment. But the, the, the letter, the Hebrew letter that is the, the word for I, it's the first letter in the word I, and it's the first, and is the word, is ayin. It looks like this. It's a letter that looks like this, and it's a silent letter. It's an I sound, a breath sound, but it means I. And all of those 70s have to do with seeing. Here's the word picture for you, right? Ayin, I, say I. Not you, I. Got it? Okay. It's about seeing. It's about revelation. And that's the season that we've been in. It's been a decade of seeing. Here are some verses that, that kind of color that for, for me. Uh, Psalm 36, 9 says, In your light we see light. In your light we see light. Now, there's a, a new decade beginning. This is 5780, and we're going to be in the 80s. Not the Madonna and Huey Lewis in the news 80s. The 80s of the Hebrew calendar. And 80, numer, numer, numerically, the equivalent of, of 80 is it's the Hebrew word for mouth. It's literally the word for mouth, the Hebrew equivalent here. It begins a decade of speaking. When you pray for Catherine and me, pray for an open door of utterance to be given to us around the world. We've been in China and Russia and Argentina and Africa and India and England and Israel 
and so on and so forth. Pray for an open door of utterance for us to bring this message of the one new humanity that God is building, Jews and Gentiles together in Messiah, culturally distinct but prophetically linked. You can use that, culturally distinct but prophetically linked. And it's important. So we're beginning to come into a season of speaking. And the, the Hebrew letter for the word mouth is the Hebrew letter pay. Say pay. And it looks like this. It looks like a mouth. It looks like a mouth. It's the word pay. And it's the, the same number, it's the numerical equivalent of the 80, but it's also a picture of speaking. Pay. We see it in some of the prayers you hear me pray. And it has to do with panim. It has to do with together, pana valecha, face to face, mouth to mouth, the way Moses spoke, the way God was intimate with Moses. That's coming for some of us. We're going to be released to speak in new ways, in new places, and in surprising ways. I had a, uh, at the end of the network meeting for the Father's House, there was a, some prophetic words that came, and one of them was that, you know, I've had a counseling practice for 30 years, and this one guy said, you're going to do it differently. You're going to kind of barge into people's homes and fix their marriages. You know, and I thought, well, that's, I'll get in trouble with the Behavioral Board of Science Examiners, California. What will become of me? I'm actually not worried about them. I expect them to fire me at any time. It's only been 30 years, but, but the structure that's coming on the world of psychology is so onerous that I don't know how long I'll be able to keep the license. But every two years, I get relicensed for my wife's sake. She wants me to keep it up. But here's the thing. Right after we got that word, and we had been doing some teletherapy with Arizona and New Jersey and people around, in the, around the states, it started happening with Israel. So now I'm on the FaceTime, WhatsApp, blah, 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 with marriages in trouble in the U.S., in different cities than I am in, and also in Israel, which is the dream come true. And I'm going into their homes. You could say I'm barging into their homes <laughs> to help them find something new in their, in their marriages and relationships. Hallelujah. So that's, that's, a, that's a little miniature open door of utterance. We want that on a global level, but we want you to recognize that God has a new door of utterance for you. There's a, a door opening. And I don't know what it looks like in your life, but I do know that that's the season that we're in, is that you simply speak. And it comes out of the word. The word goes in so that it can come out. Right? And no one wants to hear my bright ideas, although I'm very funny in counseling, and especially the last session of the night. Uh, when they come in at 7 or 8 o'clock at night, I said, hey, you got the best time. All you're going to get is jokes. This is great. <laughs> the book, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. But then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. The word goes in so that the word can come out. Psalm 1, which is one of the prayers we pray at Shabbat over, the wife will pray it over the husband. His delight is in the law, it's Torah. The, the Hebrew word is instruction. King James kind of got it wrong, sorry, if you're King James only. Uh, it's not law per se. It has to do with instruction. It has to do with a way of life. It has to do with the foundation for law and justice around the world from the time it was given. And so in his law, he meditates day and night. He will be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season. Whatever he does, he prospers. Proverbs 12.25 says it this way. This is another reason to get the word in you. I love the way Bill Johnson says, I just read until he speaks to me. 
It's one thing to read to prepare for a message or because you've got to do something small groupy or this, that, and other. It's another thing to read till he speaks to you. And one of the discussions we have a lot when revelation comes, it's like, is this for you or for them? You know, sometimes it's just for you. Sometimes it's just for you because he loves you and he's speaking to you. And sometimes he wants you to share it. So this is Proverbs 12, 25. Anxiety in the heart of man causes depression, but a good word makes it glad. Is that right? Yes. Somebody gives you a good word, doesn't it lift your spirit? Yeah. It's like, it's like uh, uh, apples of gold and pitchers of silver, a fresh word from afar. It's like cool water from afar. I made all that up. No, it's actually from Proverbs. <laughs> now, some of us are naturally positive, and we're looking for that uplifting kind of thing, and some of us, nah, not so much. You know, Catherine and I have been filming these marriage minutes, and one of the stories I remembered was my mom, growing up in New York, she was very depressed. She would, on a cool spring day, with a light drizzle outside as the flowers were rising and the life was starting again, she would peel back the curtain of our New York home and look outside and say, it's treacherous. Now, in the natural, that strain is in me. <laughs> that is actually in me. And so I have to fight against that. I have to fight against oh, oh, taking on the weight of the world and misinterpreting things that are happening. And, and that whole thing, I'm vulnerable to that, right? Not, not any of you, but that's something that happens to me. So I got a great word from Pastor Will. We were out to lunch. Pastor Will is the campus pastor here. We were out to lunch with Will and Autumn, and I was telling something about something. And Will looked at me and said, you know, Miles, worry is a sin. I treasure that word. I actually remember that word when I need to. It's not just a psychological habit. It's not just a bent. It's a sin. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, with prayer and supplication, giving thanks to the Lord, you know, be, be grateful. Front load the gratitude and the love and the uplifting things of the Lord. Front load that in your time alone, in your time with fellowship, in time of community. Build that up so that when stuff goes sideways, you can remember that worry is a sin. He's got this. He's got you. So thank you, Pastor Will. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Messiah Yeshua. This is always a conundrum for me. It's like, should I ask, seek, and knock? Should I storm the gates of heaven? Should I do everything I can do until I can't do it no more? Or should I rest and have peace? And the answer to that is yes. God knows the limits of our asking, seeking, and knocking. He knows the limits of our frame. He knows the, the weaknesses in our flesh, our ability to do those things. He's not taken off guard by any of that. So we do ask and seek and knock, and we rest. Yes. Living in the tension of those two things is always interesting. It's like the tension between the promise and the fulfillment. God, I know you promised this. But I'm tired of waiting, tired of waiting for you. You have to be over 80 to know what I was just saying, but that's okay. Some of you know. So here's the season that we're coming into. It has to do with the importance of how we speak. 
That's what I'm trying to tell you tonight. That our speech is going to be more and more important. Our declaration, our view of ourselves and the words we use, including, God help me, having to let go of some of my self-deprecating humor. I need your help. I mean, I need help. I need help. I do. I have the... Jesus is my go-to, but Groucho Marx comes a little bit after that. And he said that he would never be a member of a club that would have someone like him for a member. Right? And so, so the, the New York smart guy thing kicks in, and God is saying, Miles, I want you to declare my glory over you and over them, over your family, over your friends, over the congregations that you serve, the places where you go, where I send you. I want you to declare who I am. And I believe tonight God is calling you to make a new declaration over yourself. A new declaration. It's based in the word. A new declaration that has to do with going forward in this season of the mouth and the power in the mouth. He's put a new song in my mouth. Praise to our God. Many will see it and fear and trust the Lord. My tongue shall utter your righteousness all day long. God wants to give us a new sense of identity like a sense of confidence in the identity that he's built in us and is building in us, his spiritual identity for us. had a dramatic experience of this when I was in Argentina, and, and Claudio Fredson from the Argentine Revival was ministering. And I, the whole time I was at this conference, I was the, the pet Jew, the house Jew, the representative of Israel. And the whole time I was at this conference, my name tag was switched around. You ever heard that, that, that bad lanyard deal? My, my name tag was blank. Blank, 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 blank. So people would come and look at me and say, oh, my name is Miguel, and you are? And so they would look at my blank, blank, blank. And there was, not, there was nobody there. I was nobody home. And this went on and on. went on for a week and finally said, I think you're trying to tell me something. God, what is this? What does this mean? Are you trying to tell me that you have a name that I do not know or that you have a, something that you wanted me to know about identity? What are you doing? We went to the next session, and Claudio is, Claudio is saying, Oi, ahora. Estoy cambiando su nombre. Today, now, I am changing your name. And I went back to my room and opened the Bible, and wouldn't you know, it fell open to Esther. The last chapter, Mordechai, which is my Hebrew name, how Mordechai sat next to the king and sought the peace of his people all the days of his life. That's an identity. That's an identity. God has a version of that for you. Whatsoever is pure and peaceable, easily entreated, goodness, fruit. The fruit of the Spirit is the voice that you need to be hearing about who you are. Now, I would like to veer into the headlines, but I'm not going to. I just will tell you this one thing. That there is, there is currently now, even in the Jerusalem Post, an acknowledgement that Ewans and Usans that the Jews and the Christians are coming to the same conclusions about the day in which we live. Jerusalem Post, 9-6-19. That's today, but it's yesterday in Israel. Our yesterday. Anyway, they're a day ahead. Messiah almost here, and Orthodox Jews, evangelicals know it, Pastor says. He admitted that while there may be some theological differences about who the Messiah is, the narratives are strikingly similar. Can you see that God is pressing us as the people of the book, the Jews and the Christians, he's pressing us 
because of the, the outside oppression, persecution, the attempt to shut us down, to quiet us down, the attempt to say, just sit down and shut up. You cannot have a part in the mainstream culture, whether it's here or in Israel or around the world. You need to just get out of the way and let us do what we do, and that's based on a whole other way of looking at the world. I'm telling you, it's our time to speak. Yes. It's our time to speak. It's our time to shout the praise of the Lord, to send people to that video to see prisoners yes. worshiping the Lord. In power, worshiping him in spirit and in truth, to be bold in our faith and to be able to say that that is what God is doing in the earth today. So the, the, the upshot here, the, the conclusion I want you to walk away with is this. No weapon formed against you shall prosper, and every tongue that rises against you in judgment you shall condemn. In other words, this is our time to speak forth the things that God is saying about us and about the people around us in a powerful and real way. The, I want to give you a homework assignment. Write this down or put this on your phone. Habakkuk 2 says, write the vision and make it plain that he may run who reads it. Write the vision and make it plain. I want you to write down and declare the words of the Lord over your life whether it was from a prophetic voice or out of the scriptures or somebody, a friend, an encouraging person, a pastor, a sister, a brother, anybody, I want you to write down the, and declare these words. My son, who you saw in that picture, he was far from God. You can see his story on Daystar TV. It's quite something. He and Rebecca raised in Christian families that were fully sold out, and they left the Lord. And their story is about how God saved them and brought him back to, themself, to, the, to himself and then put them together. Powerful encouragement for parents. If you have a kid that's wayward or a grandkid that's wayward, it's a powerful thing. But here's the point of that. That Jonathan, when he was kind of sort of coming back to the Lord, it was moving on him, he was in his early 20s, he called us and he said to mom, what are you doing? You changed the way you pray for me. Because we had changed from begging for mercy and whining to declaring Jonathan as the righteousness of God in Christ, that he who has begun a good thing in you will complete it, that you were formed by him in the womb, that he's known you since before you were born, that you're a call to the nations, that you have a call and a purpose over your life. And we began to declare it. Now, I, I did a lot of psychedelics, so I'm not that big on magical thinking these days. But I'm telling you that as we declared, as we declared a reality that was not there yet, he came back to Jesus. So I want to encourage you to write the vision and make a plan. Get prepared to begin and to be, begin in this season of the mouth to declare the new things. So I borrowed this picture from friends of ours in Texas. It's a picture of the lion with the pay, the, the Hebrew word in his mouth, roaring out of Zion and roaring over your life and roaring and pushing away the thoughts and the place of the enemy in your life and taking ownership of the destiny that he's given to you. And we need to participate with him and agree with him in declaration. Amen? For more information about Beit Abba, log on to our website at tfh.org slash Abba or call our office at 707-455-7790.